millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Almost Famous, the podcast where I explore the subject of fame by talking to people who've experienced it themselves and ask them how it has affected their own journey as well as the lives of those around them. My guest today is actor Holly J. Bowes. Holly spent six years in Channel 4 soap Hollyoaks, although you may well have seen her in any number of other television shows, including Cold Feet, Casualty, Grange Hill, Courtroom, No Offense, or After Hours. Holly is also a highly sought-after voiceover artist and has appeared on stage in plays including The Vagina Monologues, Tony Teardrop, The Newspaper Boy, and My Da Die. So it's a great honour to give a huge, almost famous welcome to Holly J. Bowes. How are you, Holly? Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. Um, Really good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I always ask uh, people what they thought of their intro and what did I miss out. I haven't written, I haven't um, said anything about your writing, so why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I kind of got into writing about a year and a half ago when I started getting all these really weird thoughts and was like, these need to be written down. So I've kind of, over lockdown, written a mini web series, like a little mini comedy intro to my brain. And we're hoping to shoot it in January. So hopefully that'll be on YouTube by mid next year. So that'll be fun. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Very exciting. And and what's it about? Is it about you, your life, or just thoughts you've been having, uh, characters you've created in your head? Just characters I've created that live around Manchester that are all a bit daft, which is which is what we need on the on the telly. Just lots of daft characters, which is great. <laughs> I think it's worth me asking because it came into my head. Is Manchester an important part of your life in terms of how it links with your career as well, growing up around there and, and getting into acting and stuff? For me, hugely. I kind of, I moved, I, I used to live just outside of Manchester um, in a little village uh, in the countryside. And... Uh, I didn't connect with it that well. And then when I moved to the city, I was like, I never want to leave here. I think it's amazing. I just think there's just such a northern fantastic charm about it. And if you haven't been to Manchester, then I recommend you come because it's just brilliant. So Holly, a question that I ask all of my guests on this podcast, uh, are you famous? I'd like to say no, but other people would say yes. Who would say yes then? My mum. Does she is she very proud of your time uh, on television and the like? She is very proud. Uh, my dad's very proud as well. Is my dad's like a, a handyman, and sometimes he'll FaceTime me when he's with clients in their house, and he'll go, "I'm just here with Cheryl. I, I ju- she just wanted to see you." And I'm like, "Who the fuck is Cheryl?" And I'm like, "Are you Cheryl?" And I'm just stood there thinking. She's this. This woman's probably got no clue who I am or cares, but it's for my dad's benefit. So my dad's just stood there with his big face on FaceTime, trying to like show this this poor customer who he's under the sink of fixing a bloody pipes. 
That's so lovely, though. That's so lovely to have proud parents like that. I mean, actually, this podcast started with it being about interviewing people who'd grown up with famous family members. And then it's kind of morphed into interviewing people who've had some um, experience of fame. But I do like to always ask how it's affected uh, their family members. So it's so nice to have proud parents. I think that's lovely. Not many people who I've interviewed have talked about the pride their parents have, to be honest. Oh, yeah. My mum's my mum's very proud. She was a very she was quite a pushy mum. She's gonna hate me for saying this, but she was quite a pushy mum when she was younger. Um, I wouldn't change it for the world, but she was quite pushy. How would that manifest itself then? Um, well, I was a little scally when I was younger, um, and I just wanted to sit on the streets and drink white lightning and smoke illegal cigarettes. But all she really wanted me to do was go to acting class and and or become a pop star or get get me in the recording studio singing. And it and I ne- I never actually wanted to be a singer. I can sing, but I'd, I've ne- I've never been that bothered about doing it. Um, acting though, I really fell in love with. So when I got into that, I was like, oh, this is really great. And I started doing that when I was 12 and I didn't know there was an agency attached to it. Um, and before I knew it, I'd got my first acting job at 14, but I didn't really have a chance to process what I was doing. At first it started off as a as a, a fun thing to do on a Saturday. And then all of a sudden I'm on Grange Hill on the telly, not going to lessons because I'm filming something in Liverpool and having all the teachers hate me. So it was, it's, it was a bit of a weird process. So when I actually sit and think about it, I didn't mentally prepare for it. Mm. Does that make any sense? Yeah. So, I mean, do you have any idea in your head of, of how things would be different had you been able to mentally prepare for it? I don't know. I always wonder what I would have done if I'd have not fallen into that world. And I think I would have been, I think I would have been a really talented hairdresser. <laughs> I think I would have been absolutely great at it. Um, and I, I just never kind of, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a re- it's a really weird one because I left school at I left school at fifteen because I was filming for Grange Hill, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think I would. I don't think you ever are prepared for it. Yeah, I just, I guess, I wonder what. I guess I wonder what it is then. Looking back, that makes you, in kind of specifically, that makes you think, oh, I made these mistakes, or when I, you know, if I'd if I'd been more prepared, then I wouldn't have done this and that. Are there any kind of things that you can think of? Probably when I got to my mid twenties, when it was um, when all of that side of things was all over. Um, I kind of I I didn't really learn to play the game until later on in my life. I think I think you've mentioning the term the game is really interesting because for I guess our audience who may not know what that is in my head when you said it I assume you mean like basically being sycophantic to the right people kissing the right people's asses networking all of that kind I of just stuff. Can't do it. I've never been able to network and I've never been able to kiss someone's ass unless I genuinely believe that that they're the best thing that's ever happened to my life. Like if I met Will Smith, his ass would be fully, fully kissed. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like if I, but I never know what to say to people. I had, I've, I had quite bad social anxiety um, from being on on TV at such a young age, and I think that stopped me from properly coming across in the right way. Mm. Um, and even now, I suppose I don't. But I, I kind of own who I am as a person, and I actually really like who I am now. And it took me a really long time to kind of be okay with me as a person yeah and so and so when you talk about um not having been mentally prepared and and things not being able to play the game and stuff do you look back at that time then with regrets or do you just see it as part of the learning process to becoming who you are now and knowing how to be now as you said i don't i don't regret anything at all i i don't regret anything i don't regret anything in life really because i think you should always use something as a 
even if it was a negative experience and try and figure out how you can either not do that again or move forward from it and put and put a line under it and I have realized that a lot of my time spent on Hollyoaks and Grange Hill um doing such a big job such a demanding job at a young age being um forced into the spotlight and also being trolled online and being written about by the papers it it, mm. it, it, it kind of it, it forced me to be a grown-up at a very young age and I found myself through my early 20s to mid-20s reliving the teenagers that I never had because I had no responsibilities and I wasn't in the public eye anymore and I could just do whatever I wanted and I was just like yes this is great and I kind of was like yeah let's let's go and get drunk I can get drunk now this is fun do you know what I mean? No, I do. No, I do. And I and do you know what? But then what I find interesting is that I've had none of those experiences you've had. But then I also used my 20s to uh, have the childhood I never had by doing similar things. So I wonder if, if it's possible that maybe that stuff would have happened anyway. I mean, there's no way there's no way to know. But certainly it's certainly a fascinating idea. I want to just go back to something you said about um, your mum being a little bit pushy. And I know you said that she wouldn't like you for, for saying it. But I wonder if... Um, do you feel like without that kind of um, help from your mum, in in a, in a in a in your words, pushy nature, you would maybe have never followed that path, and therefore actually it was for the best for you. Hundred percent, I know it was for the best for me. I remember going doing a acting workshop when I was thirteen or fourteen with the school that we went to, um, Jude's Drama Academy, and she had a um, she had like this retreat in in France. And the kids got to book on and, and go over and perform some some various monologues and things to like a French audience. Um, and my mum was like, right, you go in. And I was like, oh, really? But it's in the summer and I just want to doss about with my friends and blade and fall over and climb trees. And she was just like, no, nope, you go in, let's do it. So I went over and I came back and I went, I don't want to be an actress anymore. That was really hard work. <laughs> she just went, right. She was like, you're still going every Saturday and you're still going to do it. And then it was it literally within a year that I ended up with the part on Grange Hill. And um, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was a definitely a good decision. I can't imagine ever not having acting or performing in the back of my mind or writing or some sort of TV or theatre. Yeah, that, that kind of creativity. I can't imagine ever my life without it. And I have a very normal job now. And I absolutely love that as well. And I and I there's there's definitely there's definitely in some something in being, being able to be an actor who enjoys her second job. And I really do and I'm very lucky in that respect. But I do I do think a lot of people struggle with being an actor and then their second job being so different to that that they don't know how to adjust. Yeah and do you know what? Do you know what I'll tell you what doesn't help is when you see articles in the mail online and stuff basically um i think i saw one maybe a year or so ago i can't i think it was someone from eastenders who was who had who had got another job i think at a supermarket and the mail like showed pictures of her and tried to really you know trample her into the dirt that must be so horrible yeah it was and you know what i i can honestly say i didn't own my second job until lockdown i didn't own it and uh, lockdown to, to, to me was a, a big learning um a big learning experience is to get to know who I am because I was obviously on my own a lot in my own thoughts and and figuring out what I actually wanted to do with my life and I and I, I really loved that the the job shaming nature of the UK kind of went away because we all kind of needed to make money somehow and it was only then when I started to take ownership to go actually Holly you've built a cute little business for yourself you do really well 
Why don't you post this on your social media? Why do you not let your followers on Instagram know that you are a beauty therapist and a, a talented brow and lash technician and that you love making females um, feel good about themselves? Why don't you do that? And I honestly think for a long time, I, felt, I did feel really embarrassed that it's because when I met new clients, they'd go, do you not want to act anymore? Or are you not acting? And I'd always have to do that thing of going, no, I am still acting. And it just, I'm just not on your TV screens every day. And it's still creative as well, your job. So it's interesting that that never even, you know, that didn't come into your into your thought process when you were feeling slightly worried about talking about it. You know, it's still a very much very creative job. When I when I left um, when I left Hollyoaks, I went straight into working in an estate agent in, and I lasted three days because I just couldn't do it. And then I went into call centres on and off, and was doing bits of theatre in between. And call centres were always easy where I could just slip in, slip out. Um, because the kind of call centres I was working, I'm pretty sure were illegal. Um, <laughs> right. ended, like sweatshops. Well, I ended up on Panorama once. <laughs> In, in one of the call centres, which was really fun. and I, But I was still on Hollyoaks at the time. And I remember thinking, what the fuck has happened to my life where I'm still on TV, <laughs> but I'm stood with my hands up and the police are questioning me with oh my, my face God. blurred out on Panorama. Oh, my God. And you don't <laughs> get residuals for Panorama either. No. Um, but I'd, it was really funny as well because I was getting my headshots done and I was stood, um, I, I had, the, had these, um, no, I was sat down at the desk and I had the headphones on and I was like, good morning, bleep, 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 accidents. And and I was talking to one of the one of the customers and all of a sudden 20 police officers, a camera crew and a presenter all stood in the office. The big boss wow. was arrested and we were all stood in a line. But I was about to get my headshots done in the afternoon. <laughs> so my hair and makeup was all done as if I was in a period drama. <laughs> so I had this long flowing ginger hair, red lipstick on, and, and I just looked like, oh God, I just, I looked ridiculous. So then when, because I actually have looked at them photographs back as well, and I've gone, what the hell were you thinking? Why were you trying to sell yourself as this period actress when you're clearly just a scally from Manchester? Um, <laughs> but you'll always remember that day. But it was, it was behind the back of, the office was behind the back of my old agent's office. And I remember managing to get out and just going, sitting in her office and crying and going, what am I doing? <laughs> I was like, why have I left that job? Why am I sat in a call center? Why am I now jobless? Why am I on fucking panorama? And I had that weird meltdown of just going, I'm sat here in 1920s makeup, so confused about my life at the age of 22, wondering why I've made so many bizarre mistakes and, and why it felt like I was starting off. I felt like I was given no 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 life skills because I because everything I was doing you'd normally do at the age of 16. I, I mean I just want to maybe try and soften the blow of that appalling day a little bit for you I'll tell you I once did an advert for Nat West with a friend of mine where we had to um we had to play a little song because uh, we had a little comedy band we had to play a little song and uh it wasn't great we didn't we weren't allowed to write the song and it was just pretty embarrassing but it was only going to be on like their youtube uh, banner for a, a few weeks or something so and but they, they paid us loads of money anyway in the end the song that we were singing was about this about um, a, a service they were giving where you could get cash out from their cash machines without a card if you'd had your card stolen and um the app that, that, that it was about ended up getting so um, like defrauded people were like stealing money because of this app basically that it ended up on Watchdog and our song with us ended up on bloody Watchdog oh, God oh and you're like well that 
the end of that happy moment. Still got the money, at least. I mean, it was embarrassing enough already, but, uh, you know, I just wanted you to know that you're not the only person who's been on a, a, a difficult BBC show which you didn't mean to be on. Well, at least my face was blurred out. Well, there is that, yeah. They didn't blur mine out. I did call my agent that night and say, can I get any money for being on Watchdog? She's like, no, don't be so ridiculous. Um, I think it's worth asking just for our audience, uh, two things really. One is like kind of the process of how you got in onto a show like Hollyoaks. Was it a simple kind of audition scenario and you had to go to various different auditions? And then also, I guess what it was like being on such a big show that's watched by so many people, that's on so many times a week. Okay, so I was in Grainchill at the time and I was walking down the corridor and my character had... How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Had uh, bunches in, like two pigtails. And the casting director, Dorothy, was looking at me really funny. But I've known Dorothy for a long time because she was... Um, she was the, the the school that I went to the the acting school every weekend. It was she always used to pop in and do workshops with the kids, so I knew her from there. And that, I think that's half the reason I got cast on Grain Chill because she saw me there. Um, so she was looking at me really funny down the corridor, and I looked at her, and I, the little cocky me was like, "What are you looking at?" And uh, she just went, "Nothing, nothing." And then I got a phone call off my agent, and they were like, "You've got a, you've got an audition tomorrow for Hollyoaks," and I was like, "Oh right." 
again, bear in mind that I've not been in this industry that long and didn't really know didn't really know why. Right. <laughs> didn't really know why they were auditioning me. Um she said, You've got to go in wearing a school uniform and bunches. And I was like, But I'm sixteen, like why would I need to wear a school uniform? Like still could not wrap my head around it. So I managed to find a school uniform and I turned up the next day and I went and sat down and I and this character came up and there was two characters to read for, Amy and Michaela. And I was like, these characters are 14. But because my character in Grange Hill was 17, I was playing up. I was playing um, up. I was sat there going, I don't look 14. I don't even look 14. So why am I here? And in my head, I was just like, this is dead weird. I'm definitely not going to get cast in this because I'm not young enough for this. And um, I sat down and did the audition and then got the phone call the next day to say that I'd been given the part of Michaela. And I remember being really like disappointed because she was only in it for six episodes, whereas Amy, the other character, had a family in it and was in it for was supposed to be in it for two years minimum. Um, and then I went in, um, did the storyline, and didn't think anything of it. And she was she was called Michaela Jones, and mum was called Anne. She was supposed to come in, get Amy pregnant uh, by like making her sleep around with loads of different lads while she was like young, and then leave. So she was supposed to be just like this bitchy bully type character. And then I randomly got a script through the post about two months later and it said Michaela McQueen on top. And I was like, that's so weird. So I rang up my agent at the time and I was like, hey, I've just been sent this script. Um, I think they've sent this to the wrong person. And I'm really gutted because it looks like they've got another character called Michaela in the show. Um, and they've got, she's got another surname. And my agent was like, you've got a meeting tomorrow. We're supposed to ring you. You've got a meeting tomorrow back at Hollyoaks. And I was like, oh, Okay. So I turned up to the meeting. Um, I didn't really, I didn't know what what it was for. And the new new producer had, turned, had, had um, started, and he sat down and he was like, "Just to let you know, we want to build a family around you. You were supposed to come in the show and cause havoc and be a bit of a bitch and unlikable, but actually, you just made people laugh. <laughs> so we're um, we're going to build a family around you. They're going to be called the McQueens. They're going to be Roman Catholic. There's going to be this character, that character, that character. Uh, very down to earth. Think shameless. Think this. Think that. And I was just like sat there completely overwhelmed, going, "Oh!" And I was like, "Oh, this is great." And I just turned seventeen at the time. Uh, I was cocky as anything and I was just like wow this is this is a bit incredible and I got to sit in on the auditions and and watch everyone get cast which was really exciting for your family yeah oh amazing so um I want to ask then because I find maybe this is just me but I've spoken to a few people who say they kind of suffer from this as well I find that when something really good happens in my life I only kind of enjoy it for maybe like, like properly enjoy it for like maybe 20 or 30 seconds before I either get slightly anxious about it or I start thinking, okay, what can I do next? So how long do you feel like, like, cause that sounds to me like almost like a, you know, like the stars align moment. It's kind of come out of the blue. It's amazing. It's the next few years of your life mapped out and they really believe in you. How long did you really feel able to enjoy that before kind of some other feelings got involved? I didn't really realize it was, and I didn't really realize it was, um, an amazing thing until after I left the show and I know that sounds really weird I didn't I don't think I, I again I don't I don't think I processed what was going on it was after I left the show and I had a big hit of reality and had to to figure out how to make my own money and retrain and and figure out what to do in between auditions that I kind of was like wow that was pretty cool what happened there to me at such a young age and I don't think I took that on board and I don't think I appreciated it as much as yeah. I should have done 
That's such a such a shame, isn't it? Because I don't, I don't. Again, I don't feel like it's. I don't feel like it's a shame because I look back on it and I'm like, do you know what? You did. You did something really, really cool. And now that you're older and you can appreciate it and you value a pound, it's it's kind of it does feel it. It feels very nostalgic, and I have I have a lot of proud feelings towards it. And it took me a long time to get that. Yeah, and then so uh, let's say for instance, so you were in Cold Feet, the new series of Cold Feet last year. Did that feel like when when that job came along? Like that's something you're not going to take. I mean, I'm putting words in your mouth here by saying take for granted. Or, but what I mean is, you're able to appreciate what you get more now. I don't take a thing for granted now. I don't. I, I can't even express to you how excited I get at the smallest little acting job or the smallest voiceover or or anything. Like everything to me is just so exciting now. It's really, really strange. It it's really strange how it it's completely shifted. Like my cold, my my part in Cold Feet was tiny, but it was so nice being sat on that set and going, "Oh my god, I'm on a set again! This is so great, and I really love it." And look at all these people, and look at how many people it takes to create this set. It was just, it was. I just found it so. It was great. It was great. Holly, uh, I've told you a little bit before we came on that um, a big part of this series has been me uh, talking to my guests about some of the negativity they've received, sometimes from the media in terms of articles written about them or reviews or um, social media um, kind of trolling that they've got. And you told me about some of the terrible trolling you've suffered. And I wondered if uh, you sent me some examples. I wonder if you mind if I read some of them out and then maybe we talk about them. Yeah, go for Some it. of the things that you said that you've got. So you told me that some of the t- like uh, social media posts you've got from trolls include, she looks like a Down syndrome Rita Aura. I preferred her nose before. And you've said you haven't had any cosmetic surgery on your nose. Uh, she's lost too much weight. She's put too much weight on. She looks like she's on a drug and lip filler diet. They're just examples. I mean, as someone who who has never had to experience anything like that, I mean, how does it affect you on a day-to-day basis? It affects me quite a lot. And if I'm honest, these are half the reasons why I didn't enjoy um, Hollyoaks as much as I should have done. Because I was, cons- I was I, when I was on Hollyoaks, we started with Twitter and um, Facebook, and um, I think oh, I can't remember, I'm pretty sure MySpace was about back then, um, and Instagram was fairly new. But I was trolled a lot on Twitter all the time, constantly people telling me that I I was I was ugly and I was the ugly McQueen, and and it didn't help that I. I mean, I probably was the ugly McQueen. I know that sounds I probably was the ugly McQueen, so I don't think that helped. But I was never kind of seen as the one that anybody wanted to wanted to put on their campaigns or wanted to wanted to kind of uh, work with on like a, a maybe a sexy shoot or or just just any shoot really um and I think I, I got a lot of resentment towards that and half the reason is definitely because of because of the media being stood at the age of 17 and constantly having your clothes ripped apart by magazines is just is is horrible and it got to a point where I was I hated Michaela so much because she made me feel so ugly because the character was was this daft little great teenager but because I was so young and I and I sat there and was like people think I'm ugly you're making me ugly 
people think that I'm ugly and it was so it was such a, a, a strong part of, of who I was when I was growing up that I ended up going into the producer's office and I and they offered to they offered to get me they wanted me to dye my hair back yellow um which was how it was when I first joined the show because obviously at the age of 16 you dye your own hair and it looks a bit daft um and by that point I was like I'm not doing it I, I can't and I had this this lovely white blonde hair and I was like I'm not doing it I, I can't go back to feeling like that and they said right we're going to get you a wig for the show because we need her to 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 be like this and I was like that's fine and I did everything I could in my power to look the complete opposite to Michaela and um everything from piercings and getting tattoos and making sure that I was on the rocky side so that people didn't think I was a chav in real life and then there was this one time I remember being on the front of the news of the world I've always wanted to find the actual um the, the page but we can't now obviously because because of obvious reasons but um I remember being on the front of the newspaper uh, of the, the news of the world with a cigarette hanging out of my mouth and giving the v's to a paparazzi and I was it was a paparazzi guy that I knew so I was doing it as a joke like are you kid didn't think anything of it next thing it was um Holly Oaks Chav um Holly J Bowes just shows exactly what she's really like on this da, 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 da. and I was always portrayed as the wild child um Quite mildly, though, I think there's been much worse people being wilder than me since. But... That just made me think that it must have been a pretty slow news week for the news of the world. Do you know what I mean? Like that you've put a V sign up at a cameraman and that's the front page. That's, you know, slow news week. Yeah. Well, that's that. That was how it was all the time. But it just it, it seemed to follow me wherever I went. And it, it made me really defensive. And I and it made me not like people. So I, I remember, for instance, I was going out for dinner with my mum and some people came over and asked me for a picture. And I was like. I really don't want to give you a picture, and I remember, be, and I remember, be, I remember being on that show and being rude. I remember, I remember going, I just really fucking don't enjoy this. Like I don't enjoy it, mm. and it, which is really sad now because I look back on it and think you could have had such a, a fantastically lovely experience on that show. You were given everything, but because of all the outside aspects of it, it made me feel really kind of upset a lot i was upset all the time i mean it sounds to me then that there was kind of like a direct correlation between the messages that you were getting online and it therefore and and then then kind of in the longer term it affecting every decision you made in terms of your career and people when they're writing those messages they don't even think as far ahead as when they're pressing enter you know return let alone how it's actually going to affect people's livelihoods no, massively, massively. And, you know, when I look back on it now, the things that affected me then sat reading all these things about my face and how I was a monster and how I was ugly and how I was fat. I never kind of realised that when I look back, when I look back now, obviously Hollyoaks at the moment are showing episodes uh, for the last 20, 25 years and stuff. And, I, and one came up and, and I was in the whole episode and I thought, I'm going to watch it because it's nostalgic. And I thought, Jesus, Holly, you thought you were ugly and you thought you were fat and you were you were so cute and lovely. And it makes yeah. it makes me feel really sad because I remember how I felt about myself filming those scenes. I remember tugging at my shirt and pulling it down. I remember making sure that I didn't the camera show, the cameraman didn't shoot a picture of my ass or didn't didn't. Um, I remember crying once doing a scene because I had to tuck my knickers up into my skirt. And I thought, no, I don't want anyone to see the back of my legs because I, because I've been trolled. I, I can't. I can't express to you how much it does affect your daily life. Um, and coming out of it, that's the one thing that I would say I, ha- I really haven't missed. I only get trolled occasionally now, and that's when the Daily Mail have having a slow news day, and they go on my Instagram and they go, look what she looks like now. And I'm like, cool sound. That's what you want to show is is my Instagram because you've got nothing else to stick on your news, then go for it. Um, 
but that's the only time I get trolled now. I think the latest thing that I found really funny was, God, she needs to stop taking pictures of herself in a mirror and find herself a husband. Oh, wow. <laughs> Brilliant. Wow, that's really appalling. Um, All right, Brenda, yeah. chill out. <laughs> All right, Karen. Um, yeah, and so thank you for being so honest about that stuff. That's that's really fascinating insight into how difficult that stuff is. Just a few quick fire questions before we go. It's been a, such a lovely episode. Thanks, Holly. Uh, what's the best thing about being famous? I, I got to go to a lot of festivals and I still I can't I can't thank my early 20s enough for being able to go to loads of festivals across the UK and just dancing to music all the time for free. And being put in, and being put in the same room as really really famous people, and just knowing that you're just the complete Zed lister, but not caring because you're there listening to music, having the best time. That's very cool. Uh, do you remember the first time you were recognised, and how did that feel? I don't, you know, because I was in school. I don't, because I was really young. Okay. And final question: Knowing all that it entails, and with the benefit of hindsight, would you give up your experience of being in the public eye if you had the chance? By which I mean, you'd have the same life now, the same finances, the same family, the same experiences, but you'd just never have been recognised or noticed uh, or written about in the press. Realistically, no, I wouldn't change it because I still get my I still get my Hoover serviced on the internet. Free. <laughs> uh... That is a really, that is the best answer we've ever received to that question. Hoover servicing everyone, that's the key to any semblance of fame. It's the only reason I won't get rid of my Twitter is because I get my Hoover service for free every year because I've got a verified badge. That's so cool. But do you have to, do you have to say, I got my Hoover service by this company on your Twitter? No, I just, I just remember once being a complete Karen and my Hoover breaking. And I was like, I'm so pissed off about my Hoover on Twitter that every single year now they just contact me and go, how's your Hoover doing? When it, when it redone? And I'm like, yeah, of course I do. What a, what a silly question. Of course I want my Hoover servicing. <laughs> Holly, that is the dream. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Now, is there anything you'd like to plug to my audience? Where can they um, see your Instagram and where can they get you to do their faces? Oh, give us a follow on um, Jolly Hay Bows, which I'm sure that you'll put in the bio. Um, I'm quite busy at the minute doing a bit of writing and hopefully you'll see a little mini web series that's all come from my head mid next year, kind of on YouTube. So give that a go. Yeah, that's it really. Brilliant. Thanks again so much, guys. Please do press that subscribe button on Almost Famous, rate the podcast and leave us a comment too. Find us on Instagram at Almost Famous the Podcast and Twitter at Pod Almost Famous. And don't forget to check out my other podcast that Holly has actually been on called It's Your Funeral, a lighthearted look into the most important day of my guests' afterlives. Give it a follow on Instagram at Pod It's Your Funeral. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.